I didn't realize that um, we were going to be singing this last song, and it is so appropriate for our message today um, as we stand a thousand generations praising the Lord in heaven one day. And I was singing that song, and I couldn't help but have tears come to my eyes as I thought, can you imagine with me for a moment standing there praising the Lord a thousand generations before you and you look out and you see your children and you see your grandchildren and you see your great-grandchildren lifting their hands and praising the Lord together. What a remarkable sight that will be. About six weeks ago, Pastor Matt asked if I could share in the Home Life series on grandparenting. As I believe uh, you all know now for sure, because uh, Kenny mentioned it, I am Matt's dad. Uh, this week, my wife and I um, are now the grandparents of 13 grandkids, six grandsons and seven granddaughters. And we're loving this season of our lives. And we love each and every one of our grandkids. This week, when I went with my wife to go pick up five of our grandkids from Pastor Matt and Angela's home, because it was getting very close to Leah's coming into the world, one of our grandkids informed me that his mom wasn't ready to have a baby yet. She's only in phase one. And I said, oh, really? How many phases are there? Three, he promptly said. And I said, what are they? And he said, phase one, we know we're going to have a baby. <laughs> phase two, mom is screaming her head off. <laughs> phase three, we have a baby. <laughs> Grandparenting can be so fun. I was talking with someone this past week, and they shared how much they are enjoying being a grandparent. And that their brother once mentioned to them that wouldn't it be so nice if we could just skip the parenting stage and just be grandparents? <laughs> well, I hope that as we are going through this home life series that we can enjoy every season that the Lord will have us in. There will be highs and there will be lows. But I pray that we will find the joy in every season. The last two weeks, Pastor Kenny and Pastor Matt did a wonderful job on parenting, and there were so many excellent points that they have made for us to consider. Kenny mentioned a couple of times how hard parenting can be. And Kenny, you're so right on that, but it can also be so rewarding, as we all know. Someone once said, that if anyone ever says parenting is easy, they are either delusional or they don't have kids. So I was encouraged by, Kenny, what you had shared with us. And I was really moved by the statement about if we have a child that is a prodigal, and it goes for us as grandparents too, if we have a grandchild that is, that there is always hope as long as they have breath. And so there's hope for our kids, there's hope for our grandkids, because as, if they are living still, there's hope. 
So what is your source or what is your understanding for the role of grandparents? Well, before we dive into that, let's just have a word of prayer together. Lord, I pray for you to lead us this morning. Lord, that we are open to your instruction that you will give to us. I pray that you will open our eyes where they might have blinders on right now. And Lord, I pray that our heart will respond with an affirmative yes to things that you have called us to do. Lord, help us to be faithful as your children. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Grandparenting. There are so many different views in our world today on the role of what a grandparent is and what they're supposed to do. For example, you need to live your life independently of your family. Don't meddle. Don't interfere. Don't overstep your boundaries. Don't be a burden. Our society tries to convince us that a mono-existence is better than a multi-generational life. Live a life that is fully independent of children. Let me share an example of Dale Smith or Dell Webb. Uh, the American dream that he has for the world today. He established communities down in the States where seniors live without children. No one under the age of 19 could live in these communities. In fact, they could only visit 30 days out of a year. There were hundreds of thousands of seniors that have flocked to these communities. Populations, like I said, are over 100,000 people. They can golf. They can do crafts. They can swim and play to their heart's content without kids. They'll make statements like, we're spending our children's inheritance. You've worked hard, and now it's time for you to travel, to rest, to play. You owe it to yourself. You are to indulge yourself with whatever makes you happy. Freedom from all responsibilities. Or it might be your role is to be a companion, a playmate with your grandchildren. You're told to be the fun grandparent and to spoil your grandkids. This can manifest itself in many ways like high levels of sugar and treats to high entertainment, including exotic vacations. Fun can become a, or can be a secondary value, but for many, it has become the primary thing. Today, I would like us to consider another way. God intends for us to be involved in our families and purposefully invest in them. The Bible never speaks positively about a self-centered season of life. Our grandkids need to have their sins forgiven more than a nice sugary treat. If we are going to spoil our kids, can we spoil them with things that won't spoil or fade? The gospel, 
Our grandkids need what truly will last and have eternal value. According to Josh Mulhill, the author of Grandparenting, states, there are four common roles that we see grand Christian grandparents embracing today. The encouraging voice, cheerleaders who, are, who love their grandchildren for who they are. They ask questions on who they are. And if he was to title a book for this role, it would be The Power of a Positive Grandparent. Second would be the supportive partner. They come alongside their adult children and help in a variety of ways. Reinforce the parents' style of parenting without interfering. The book title that he would give this one would be 101 Ways You Can Help Your Adult Children. The third one he mentions is the loving friend. Spends time to have fun together and avoids all hard conversations. Activity-oriented grandparent that likes to establish memories and occasionally spoil the grandchild. The title for this one would be Fun, the Key to Your Grandchild's Heart and Happiness. And the fourth one he mentions is a disciple maker, a mentor who intentionally wants to pass faith onto another generation. The desire for their grandchild to know Christ and grow in Christ. He seeks to live a life, a Christ-like example, and share wisdom with their grandchild. The book title for this one would be How to Help Your Grandchild Know, Love, and Serve Jesus. So where do we pick up our ideas of the role of the grandparent? For many of us, it will be what we caught from the example of our grandparent, good or bad, positive or negative, it all will impact us. We make decisions based on our experience, and it could be right, and it could be wrong. We pick up from what our culture has taught us or what we have caught from what we have heard through the media and those around us. This morning, we are going to take a glance at what the Bible actually has to say about grandparenting. It has a lot to teach us, and many times we probably just pass by it not even realizing that it's talking to grandparents. This is because the Bible refers to grandparenting in many different ways, over a hundred different ways that the Bible talks about grandparenting. And it uses words like sons, sons, or children's children, or forefathers, or fathers, fathers. And sometimes it actually uses the word grandmother or grandparents. So let's look at five examples and the responsibilities for grandparents before we dive into our passage this morning. So we're going to just share five passages of Scripture, and then we're going to dive in in depth into one of these passages. Deuteronomy 4 verse 9 says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. So we must, as grandparents, keep our hearts diligently, and we must tell them 
to our children and our children's children. Deuteronomy 6, verse 2 and 5 through 7. Last week, uh, when Pastor Kenny shared, he shared from verses 4 through 8 of this chapter. Probably the most common passage that is shared from Deuteronomy chapter 6 is is verses 4 through 8. But often, verse 2 is completely overlooked as it talks about the grandparents and how we are to pass these truths to our children and our grandchildren. Read with me in verse 2. It says that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Verse 5 through 7, the familiar ones, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. The context is talking to our parents about this truth as well as a parent, I mean, our parents as well as us as parents. Proverbs 17.6 says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged and the glory of children is their fathers. Grandparents, we are to value our grandkids. They are a crown for us. Psalm 78, 4 through 6 says, We will not hide them from their children, but tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and they will arise and tell them to their children. If we don't speak the truth of God, we are hiding them from the next generation. And in 2 Timothy 1.5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well having a sincere faith. These are just a few of the verses that show that God expects a lot from us as grandparents. So how do we become intentional in our grandparenting? We do matter in God's economy. We have been entrusted by God with children and grandchildren. My prayer is that in the next few minutes that we have together, we will gain some clarity of purpose in our grandparenting, that we will acknowledge God's ways are better than our ways and make necessary adjustments. This morning, I want us to focus on Psalm 78. If you will turn there in your Bibles, we will stay in that passage for a while. I hope that you will see today God's end goal of our grandparenting. Today we will focus on the first eight verses of Psalm 78, 72 verses. This chapter, I believe, can give us confidence in our grandparenting that we are headed in the right direction. 
or it can provide us some clarity so that we can make adjustments in our ways to be more aligned with his ways. So let me read Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, that things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. As we look at verse 5, we see our fathers are given this instruction. They are to tell, to teach children and the children yet to be born. And they would rise up and tell their children. So we see actually a four-generation view here. So parents and grandparents and kids this morning, we are all responsible to be telling those who are following us. We all have a responsibility. We are to be involved with teaching all those who come behind us. We are focusing this morning, like I said, on verses 1 through 8. But I do want to highlight a few of the themes that we see in the other 64 verses in this psalm. And no, I'm not going to read all 64. Psalm 78 is a sober passage. It is written as a historical psalm that recounts the, and the repeated disobedience of the Israelites. This psalm encourages, encourages us to look at the failure of others to see what might happen in our families if we are to repeat the same actions. What happens when one generation does not pass on faith in God from one generation to another? Verse 11, they forget God and his works, and the wonders that he has done and shown them. Verse 17, they sinned more against him. Verse 22, they did not believe in God. Verse 37, their heart was not steadfast toward him. Verse 41, they tested God again and again. Verse 57, they turned away and acted treacherously. Verse 8 states that we should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, and a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Stubborn, rebellious, not faithful. These four words summarize the outcome of that passage that the passage wants us to avoid in our families. As a parent and a grandparent, we can see that wise people learn from their mistakes. But wiser people 
learn from the mistakes of others. I hope that I can learn and I hope that we can learn together from the mistakes of the grandparents and the parents of Psalm 78, that we will be able to see the blessing of seeing our families embrace Christ. Failure is a powerful teacher. Here's an opportunity to learn from the failure of others and experience a different outcome based on what we can learn. The psalmist here paints a picture of history and finds a pattern of failed family discipleship. He identifies key methods that are essential in passing on faith to future generations. He is telling us that if we don't want to raise a generation that is stubborn and rebellious and unfaithful, then do these things. Of course, this is not a guarantee or a full-size method. We want to avoid determinism. We, if we do A and B, then C is always going to be the outcome. We recognize that our ultimate hope is not in doing the right thing, but is in the power of the gospel. However, we must be obedient to what God has instructed us and we are wise to utilize the biblical methods to pass on faith to future generations. So we're going to look at three specific ways that grandparents can be intentional to raise future generations that walk with the Lord. First, we can embrace a multi-generational vision. Psalm 78 provides a four-generational vision for families. If we look again at verses 5 and 6, we see, He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. Fathers, children, children yet to be born, grandchildren, and the child, their children, great-grandchildren. God wants us to think multi-generational, not just mono-generationally. God isn't just concerned for our children. He wants our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren to treasure Christ also. For many of us, our vision needs to be expanded from 18 years when we deem our children as adults and can leave the home now, uh, to 120 to 160 years. In the Bible, a generation is generally looked at as 30 to 40 years. So four generations would be somewhere between 120 and 160 years, well beyond any of our life expectancies. But that's what God wants us to have a view of. In a world that lives in an instant gratification and short-term perspective, God gives us a long-term vision that outlives us. So how big is your family discipleship vision? Small or large? Temporal or eternal? For a single generation or many? I want to share some ideas that Dr. Josh Mulville has shared that we can do to implement a multi-generational vision 
for our families. Number one, we can pray. Pray that our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will love, know, and serve Jesus. We might never know all these individuals by name, but that should not prevent us from praying for them. Prayer is powerful, and God uses it to accomplish his purposes. Two, train our children and, our, and their children to disciple their children and grandchildren. When you teach your grandchildren a biblical truth, encourage them to teach the same truth to their children and their children's children. Plant a seed in the child's mind that they need to make disciples of their future family. Because we, live, so because we ourselves are living longer these days, we have the opportunity to impact future generations has never been greater than now to impact future generations. So do we have a multi-generational vision to impact our family? And the third is tell grandchildren the work of God. Grandpa, tell me a story. God has hardwired us in hearing stories. This creates an opportunity for every grandparent to intentionally talk about God. We can tell our story and show how, God, how it is actually God's story and share God's word with our grandkids. So we can embrace a multi-generational vision. A second way that we can intentionally grandparent is found in verse 4. Tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. I want us to notice that this is a command from God. It highlights the important aspect of our role as grandparents that God has given each of us a story to tell our grandkids about the work of God. According to God, it isn't enough for us to just be a playmate with our grandkids. God expects us to tell future generations about him. So what does tell mean? To tell means to report, to recount, to make known, to make a written record. God wants us to report to our grandkids, the coming generation, what God has done in our lives, his glorious deeds. We are eyewitnesses with a front row seat of God's incredible work. God wants us to share our story and to talk about it as our experience with God. God is very specific about what we are to talk about with our grandkids, his deeds his might, and his wondrous work. A prime example for us is found in Psalm 145, verses 4 through 13. It says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. 
All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generation. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. This passage provides for us a glimpse of what we are to talk about with our children and our grandchildren about God. God wants us to tell our grandchildren about him by commending his works, declaring his mighty acts, speak of his awesome deeds, declare God's greatness, pour forth God's fame, sing aloud God's righteousness. If you ever wonder about what you can talk to your grandchildren, your children about, then let the Bible be your guide. You can be confident because your words are simply retelling God's words. I am confident that God knows best what our grandkids need to hear. Our grandkids need to hear about the character of God. And he made us a messenger. Will we be faithful delivering his message? Did you catch that we, as grandparents, and really as parents as well, we are messengers, delivering God's message. Delivering his message is one evidence of successful grandparenting. We cannot determine how our children or our grandchildren will respond. But we can be obedient and tell the coming generation of his glorious deeds. So what do you talk to your children and your grandchildren about? Do our conversations have a Psalm 78, Psalm 145 orientation to them? Does the word of God saturate our conversation, or is it just an added seasoning? Is God the king of our talk or a servant? to sports, entertainment, fashion, media, or other subjects? Do our children and our grandchildren know by the way we talk that Jesus Christ is our greatest treasure? Or do they hear of a greater love spoken from our mouths? God has given each of us a story to tell our families to help them see God in us. What is your story? How did you come to Christ? How have you seen God changing you to be more like Christ? Every story is for his glory to point future generations to Christ. Look at life as a big story filled with teachable moments for the purpose of exalting Christ in a way that builds evidence that God exists and that he is who he says he is in the Bible. Develop your testimony, telling focuses on the work of God and his nature with the hope that our grandkids will be captivated by God and worship him. It is our testimony recounting what God has done and who God is that is often put in a story form that 
does captivate our kids, our children, our grandchildren. Psalm 78, verse 5 says, He established a testimony in Jacob. God has also established a testimony in each and every one of us who has come to Christ so that we can tell to the coming generation, your story matters. How has God worked in your life? How has he proven himself to be faithful? How has he provided for you? What have you learned about God throughout your life? Do your children or your grandchildren know your God stories? Deuteronomy 6 suggests that we are to talk about them as we go about our day. <clears throat> so when you drive, when you rise, when you walk, when you bake cookies, when you watch a movie, when you camp, when you sew, when you fish, I think you get the idea. Whatever we're doing, we can bring the conversation to Christ. The third way that we can be intentional grandparents is to teach our grandkids the commands of God. We see this again in verse 5. He appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers, our forefathers, our grandfathers to teach. If telling looks back, then teaching looks forward. The command to teach suggests that we are trying to share with our grandchildren and accomplish a specific goal in their life. According to Psalm 78.5, teaching is a central element of a grandparent's role. We read that God commanded our fathers to teach. To teach means to instruct or to guide. Guidance is a goal-oriented word. It suggests that there is a certain outcome that we are looking forward to. And teaching is a method to that end. A good guide knows the end destination and leads others on a right path and instructs along the way. The enemy wants us to close our mouths. Because a silent grandparent is a spiritually neutralized grandparent. Our society has told a generation of grandparents that we are to remain quiet. And many grandparents have given in to this teaching. Some are some of the ways that our society and even the church society has tried to brainwash us in our thinking is more is caught than taught. Or preach the gospel and use words if necessary. These words sound good on the surface, but they don't align with Psalm 78. According to God, words are necessary. If the next generation is going to follow the Lord, we must teach them to do so. Obviously, teaching is more than words. But Psalm 78 makes it clear that, a that at a minimum, it includes verbal instruction. We shouldn't hope that Christianity will be caught by osmosis. Christ-like example is critical, but it is not exhausted, exhaustive. Intentional grandparents are teaching grandparents. Grandparents are to teach God's law, which includes the following. God is a source of morality. Our grandchildren must develop the firm conviction 
that God determined right and wrong. Grandchildren are born sinful and rebellious. And children are, are not naturally inclined to submit to authority and must be taught. Grandchildren need the gospel. Every child has broken God's law and needs the free gift of grace by believing in the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ. Grandchildren need to learn obedience. Our grandkids must be encouraged to live in a manner worthy of the gospel in accordance with God's commands. Why are we needing to embrace a multi-generational vision? And why do we need to tell and teach the next generation these truths so that they will hope in God? Verse 7 gives us the goal of our instruction. Read with me. So that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments. This verse gives us two reasons for why we have this vision and why we need to tell and teach these things so that the future generation will place their hope, their trust, their confidence in God. This is a salvation language. God wants our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren to place their faith in him. Today we recognize that is a complete faith in Jesus Christ alone. God's own son who died for each of us and for our sin and paid the price when he went on the cross for our sin and was buried and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And in him alone is our salvation. So that future generation, number two, would be that they would live in obedience to God. This is sanctification language. God wants our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren to live according to his ways. Psalm 78 helps to clarify where we are headed with our vision for our families. It shows this way, and it gives us hope. It helps us to order our time and prioritize our actions. Vision, telling, and teaching are important roles. It tells us that we are important as parents and grandparents, and that we really need each other in this great task of passing on a heritage to the next generation, a heritage of faith from one generation to the next. Our society says that grandparents are extras, not essential to the family. Nothing could be further from the truth. If the history of Israel teaches us anything, it is that grandparents are critical figures in the faith formation of the young. God designed grandparents to have a vital role in a grandkid's faith development. It is not too late to do so. I want to encourage each of us to take our cues on grandparenting from the Bible and not from culture. A grandparent's main role is not to spoil or be a companion to our grandkids. 
A grandparent's purpose is not to indulge their self in the last third of their lives. God has given grandparents the role of transferring faith in Christ to future generations. May we give ourselves fully to the task of telling the next generation the glorious deeds of God and teaching his words so that the future generation would put their faith, their hope, their confidence in God and keep his commands. Let's pray. Father, I look forward to that day when a thousand generations are gathered, praising you and looking over that vast sea of faces and seeing our children and our children's children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren with lifted hands, praising you. Lord, I can't even fathom what that day will be like. But I thank you for the vision of it. In Jesus' name, amen.